welcome to Nature Revisited. When I am not working on my podcast or spending time in my garden, I am working in the produce department of a regional supermarket. That's where I met Dan Barmore. Dan works in the meat department. He is a butcher. We first came together talking about the skill and history of cutting meat. But more recently, I learned that Dan rides. He rides a motorcycle and that he is a biker. And our conversations became more about the outdoors, the experience of riding and how that fits into his life. The more we talked, the more I realized that we had more in common than not. So I asked Dan if he would share some of his thoughts and experiences with Nature Revisited. After giving it some thought and time, Dan agreed. You know, we are all connected. We all share the same planet and we all share the same road. Um, so for me, it, on my father's side of my family, it's kind of been a staple. Um, so as young as I can remember. Did you ride with your father? I never got the opportunity to ride with my father, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah that was a tough one to swallow. Uh, he rode when he was younger for a motorcycle club that was a bit more like outlawish, I guess you would call his club that he was riding for at the time when he passed made patches, which is the patch that you see here um, that I wear every day. So I don't, I didn't get to ride with my father in the physical form, but every day that I ride, I ride with my father. And that's partly why I ride. So do you consider yourself a, a biker? So I guess that's a really controversial subject and it's, hard to say um i guess a lot of it's how you're perceived as well as your own perception of yourself everybody is so opinionated about that question that's a really good question i've heard a lot of people say that if your main source of transportation is a motorcycle then you are a biker if you ride uh, and that's all you have is a motorcycle, then you are a biker. If you're nomadic and again, all you ride is your motorcycle and you, you know, you go from state to state, you are a biker. If you own a bike, you're a biker. If you ride in fair weather or poor weather, you're a biker. It's, it's really convoluted to define yourself as a quote unquote biker. To me, being a biker, I guess, would be you're on your motorcycle. Because, again, we're in New England, uh, so the elements have a, um, a play in 
how much we ride. Obviously, we can't ride in the snow. So the elements have a play, being in New England. So if you could ride the majority of the year, um, I would say you are a biker. It's 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 really it's it's a tough one to define. Do people ever use the term that you're a rider? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Like, oh, do you ride? Yes, I do ride. But you know, riding could be a variance. It could there yeah. could be a lot of different explanations for rider. But I would consider myself a biker. Yeah. I would, I would, I would stretch out and say that I am a biker. I ride ten months out of the year. What's the number one thing that makes you look at your bike and say, "I want to get on it and ride"? I would say the liberty, the freedom um, to be out in the open. When you are on a motorcycle, it's second to none you are completely exposed to the elements your peripheral is just that much more you don't have a cage necessarily around you if you will you have a really good spectrum of like what you could see as far as left to right up to down that's you know pretty much a, a full 180 in front of you it's a it's a different type of perspective that you would normally see if you were uh, just your average car, I guess. You also mentioned to me once that you you get a sense of the smell. Yeah, so that's really unique being on a motorcycle in a sense that you get a similar input when you're on a pedal bike or if you're, uh, or jogging through counties, I guess, but it's so much more of a rush when you're on a motorcycle because you go through hot pockets and cold pockets in the atmosphere, like just your what's right in front of you, as well as if you're in an agricultural area, you could smell the farm. If you're near a sawmill, you could smell the sawdust in the air. It's unique in that sense. Um, if you're by a river, you could you could smell the crisp water, literally in the air. It's it's really unique. Again, just for the kind of the thrill of it all, of uh, the experience. But you you could pass through uh, a river channel. You could go through a canyon, and then next thing you know, you're near a farm, and or you're in this like kind of forestry area. And so the elements are kind of like ever-changing. The aroma of the landscape is ever-changing. It's unique in that sense. So do you feel that when you're, when you're riding and you're in a space like that, that you feel that you're more connected to that natural world that you're riding through? I would absolutely say that that is something that's relatable as far as kind of connecting with nature being at one again you're really exposed to the elements uh there's minimal protection on a motorcycle on all sorts of levels but as far as the elements are concerned i mean you are there it's hard to prepare sometimes you could do all the scouting weather scouting and reporting that you want to do but uh, the fact of the matter is that it's it, it changes uh, a drop of a hat so I would say that you are really at one with the elements. 
it's ever changing. You, you may not know what's going to happen. You all, you all know the saying as far as New England weather is concerned. If you don't like it, wait a minute. And that's, that holds true. And on a motorcycle, you experience that. It's good to go prepared. You can't always be prepared. And sometimes you just have to push through whether the weather is hot or it's too cold or it's, it's raining or it's pouring. And I've rode through a lot of it. I wouldn't say I rode through it all, but it's, it's ever changing and you are extremely exposed to the elements. So you are right in the forefront of it all. One thing that I enjoy a lot about riding is just obviously the natural scenery, the scenic aspect of it all. Tough to swallow when it gets gummed up by pollution in any way, shape, or form. So there's obviously that to it. Uh, I've always been like environmentally conscious. I mean, I wouldn't say always, but once I got into like adulthood, it is extremely important. It's a lot like camping. Like I've been camping on my bike before. I've taken it out, uh, you know, pitch a tent over my bike myself. Part of the structure of the tent was my bike. And it's always whenever you go camping and there's kind of like an unwritten rule, you know, what you bring in, you take out. If you can, try to describe that sense that when you're sitting on your bike and you're going through a particularly beautiful area, what it really does. So I've had a few really good experiences as far as almost something that would be described as almost like supernatural or out of body kind of just euphoria of, of riding because riding gives you that feeling. Every time I ride, it's something personal for me. I ride for me. I ride for my father as well. I ride predominantly for me. It, obviously, it's an extension of myself, but that ride to Virginia Beach from little Sharon, Vermont was round trip about 1,400 miles. In one day of travel, how like culturally it changed as far as being from a small town or being in a small town and then going to a larger city, like through larger cities, one of the largest cities, if not the largest city uh, in the world, New York City, it's just a sea of people to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And then from there, obviously to Virginia Beach, which was my destination. Like the demographic, the geography of it all, the backdrop, the landscape, everything changed so abruptly. And it's kind of cool that you could jump on your bike, go a couple hundred miles, and you're in a totally different world. It seems like um, stuff that you're not really used to. You go from like rural Vermont, New Hampshire, uh, New England area to kind of like a concrete jungle. Do you have any rides that you want to take? Yeah, there's a lot of like destinations. You got the canyons in California, you got Dragon's Tail, and I believe it's like the Smoky Mountain, Tennessee, South Carolina area. Uh, Dragon's Tail, if anybody rides, they definitely know what Dragon's Tail is. It's, I would love to make my way all the way out to the West Coast uh, on my bike. As far as the destination is concerned, there is definitely, I mean, the ride obviously out to get to the West Coast. 
<laughs> you know, you're going cross country. It's hard to really um, compete with that. That's probably the biggest like ride that you could probably do. Um, but the canyons out in California, I heard, were amazing. Uh, I mean, you are you feel small. And I, I could attest to this because when I went to Virginia, I went over the Chesapeake Bay Bridge and it's a bridge slash tunnel. So you go above ground and then you go below sea level and then you go above sea level and then you go back down and then back up again. And when I first got on the Chesapeake Bay Bridge, I felt minuscule. I felt less than nothing. I felt like a grain of sand on the beach, like very small, very minute. And it was uh, slightly scary, to be honest. It was definitely unique. And I I could only imagine that the canyons in California are similar in the sense of humbling you to making you feel (laughs) you are at the mercy of Mother Nature honestly, because when I was going over the Chesapeake Bay Bridge, I I was thinking in my mind, and it was just odd. I was like, if the ocean decides to come up and swallow me, like I am done. So it was really unique in that sense. It was very humbling and exhilarating. So I, I, I'm looking to get out west. And obviously the trip out west is unique. You meet so many different people, so many different walks of life. And from county to county, state to state, town to town, city to city, whatever it may be, people have a different way of living. So it's pretty cool. I think the journey out west would be really cool on a motorcycle. I mean, I have a sense that I kind of touched on it, that the, the destination is one thing, but mm-hmm. the ride is another. Yes. And talk a little bit more about how the, the ride, you know, you, you're there with your own thoughts. Yeah. You know, you're not in a car where there's a lot of distraction. Kind of just kind of describe what that is and why it's so appealing. I know it's, yeah, I know, I know. No, no, I, I don't think it's redundant. I think it's just a little bit more refined or defined. I guess that's great. About the ride specifically, there's so many aspects of the ride that make it unique Again, and just to touch back on the Virginia Beach run that I made, I had eight, nine, eight, nine days of vacation, and I spent four days on the road. And my destination was Virginia Beach, Virginia, uh, from Sharon, Vermont. Now that I have returned from that trip, my outlook on that ride in particular, what I took from that ride was the ride itself was the most exciting aspect of that trip it's you against the world and again you're really exposed to the elements there's very minimal protection so there's that rush and that aspect and that adrenaline to it so it's not always the destination it's it's a more for for me in particular and the more seasoned of a rider i become i feel that it's not the destination as much as it is the ride the trip I look back on that trip to Virginia and four out of eight days, I was on the road almost all day long, seven, eight hours uh, a day. And that's a full-time job, you know, for a lot of people, eight hours a day. But when you reach your destination, it's not like you set out for a ride. And when you get there and you achieve that ride, 
It's very little about where you got to and very much about the fact that you made it there and what happened in between. That for me is a lot of the reason why I ride. Most of your rides are in New England. What were some of your more memorable rides? Do you do a lot of rides up through the White Mountains and do you go places that are more rural? So I've, I've gone pretty much to the Canadian border and I went through the Whites and I went through the Notch area. Uh, I came pretty much from the most southern tip of New Hampshire and went to the most northern tip of New Hampshire and then crossed over into Vermont and there's like a, a beautiful lakes region up there. It, it's almost undescribable as far as how beautiful it is naturally, the landscape. I've had a, a, a few really like euphoric rides in New England where it felt like it was the best ride of my life. I definitely consider the ride for, uh, and they've deemed this, they've dubbed this ride, the, the ride for the Fallen Seven, the memorial ride. And there ended up being seven fatalities, casualties uh, due to this accident. And we started in Laconia, New Hampshire, and we ended in Randolph, New Hampshire. Uh, it was approximately like 90 miles. We went through the White Mountains. We went through uh, the Notch. There's so many different types of emotions and feelings that come with riding from just being in the elements to the sense of pride that you have, the feeling, the rush, um, adrenaline. There's a lot to it. And I think any rider can kind of attest to that. But this ride in particular was really unique in the sense that a lot of the nation got together for this one memorial ride. Uh, there was individuals from Florida, California, and especially and particularly around New England, of course, just because it was so close to home. It was, I believe, one of the largest turnouts, if not the largest, a memorial ride, a sanctioned ride. It was really unique. I felt like a great patriot as far as, you know, I, I love my country. I love my fellow countrymen. And as well as I love the country, the countryside was, it, it's it's a very abstract scenery in New England. It's ever-changing. When I started, it was sunny and almost so humid that it was unbearable. And by the time we got to the end and I made my way to the memorial site where the actual accident happened, where we commemorated uh, the fallen uh, riders that had passed in that accident, uh, it started a downpour and it was borderline torrential. It, it's funny because I, I've lived in New Hampshire and Vermont, New England for the most part of my whole life. I've been up to the notch. I've been through the whites on, on school trips as a boy growing up as an adult hiking. Uh, but it was so different riding on my bike, myself and I, to go through kind of like the valleys, uh, see kind of like a, a lakes region where literally the road is about at water level. You're thinking like realistically about a, a foot or less difference between the water level and the road that you're on. Um, and that also gives you kind of an idea and brings and humbles you in a sense that like, if this floods out, you're not getting anywhere. You know, and I, I think that um, when you're on a motorcycle, you are very exposed. 
you take what you can get sometimes. Yeah. I've been on a couple Vermont rides where I've gone through, uh, I went through a lot of farmland there near some brooks and streams. Atmospherically, it changed so rapidly. There was a new scent in in my nose, like every few hundred yards. Um, and it was like, oh, that's new. Oh, that's interesting. And it kind of just keeps like your interest peaked and you're always surveying. So you're always looking, you're always scanning. And it kind of gives you an opportunity to really see a little bit more than you would if you were just driving in your everyday automobile, you know, your grocery getter. There is a specific ride that I like a lot going up Route 14 in Vermont, and it goes through some farmland, some mountainous terrain, and through brooks and streams. And you're kind of going up and over brooks and through farmland, and there's hot pockets, cold pockets, there's bugs, there's no bugs. The air is crisp, the air is really dull, and then at times it smells like manure. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a good, good experience. I recommend it to anybody and everyone. Kind of describe that feeling that you have, I would think, when you're in a situation where you're the only vehicle, like for example, the Kangamangas Highway. Yep. Uh, A biker get get on that and be riding and they are the only vehicle out there. There's right. no other cars. Yeah. And you're there and it's just you and the elements. How does that feel? Yeah. You're the only one there. Yeah. So I, I think it's a it's uh with riding a motorcycle, I think there's a myriad of feelings and emotions that you get. Uh, and I think that's part of it all. I've been uh, in places where I was literally the only vehicle on the road and thinking to myself, well, I could break down and, and, and there's no cell service. You are at mercy to not only, you know, first world technology um, issues, but also uh, Mother Nature in itself. I mean, there's a sense of vulnerability it's very humbling. It's also very exhilarating and uh, enticing. It kind of all plays into why I ride and why I think a lot of people that I've, you know, spoke with, why they ride as well. It's an independence that you probably won't experience otherwise. And you wouldn't want to be anywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's a, there's a saying, today's a good day for a ride. And then the saying back is, it's always a good day for a ride. If you enjoy your surroundings, if you enjoy the environment, if you enjoy just nature in general, I think there's a, you have a really good opportunity. If you pick up uh, riding a motorcycle, if you currently ride a motorcycle to pay attention a little bit more, uh, kind of uh, soak that in because you don't get that opportunity very often and uh, you really get to be in tuned um, with your surroundings. So get out and ride. Actually, there is one little question. Does speed matter? Um, If the sheriff's in town. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> if the sheriff's in town. Okay. We'll leave it at that.
is in the air and the road is calling. And I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dan Barmore. And if you did, I hope you will share this episode of Nature Revisited with family, friends, and colleagues. And please subscribe to Nature Revisited on your podcast server. You can always follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Nature Revisited is produced by Stefan Van Orden and Charles Gagan. The music for this episode is performed by Martin Decato. You can learn more about him and his music at DecatoSanbornMusic.com. If you would like to support us or share your ideas and thoughts, please visit NordenProductions.com. That's Norden, N-O-O-R-D-E-N Productions.com. I hope you will join us down the road for the next edition of Nature Revisited. And do remember, no matter what road you are on, we are all nature. Thank you.